straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 291. Roger by Hookem.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden here with sports journalist and legend Kirk Bowles, Taylor's favorite duck. And our favorite time of the year is upon us. Man, it is spring football season in the 512. Duck, how, could you gauge your excitement level about spring football? Because I know I love it. Yeah, I can gauge it. Wow. Oh, okay, I'm over it. I'd be yawning. The energy level's got to be great. Just like that energy level, we've been out to a practice or two. And you've been to two practices as of uh, Wednesday. I, I, I saw my first um, stretch session. I got to see them stretching. Yeah, you were so excited you slept in over the first one. That's how excited you were. Actually, I had I had another um, I had another engagement that I had to be at, but that's okay. I'm not going to miss many because here's the thing: we don't get as many. You told me that um, you went to all the practices back in the Daryl Royal era, and then when I got here for the Mac Brown era, we we went to a lot of spring football practices at 7 a.m. And uh, you know that's kind of a double edged sword. You kind of wanted to see the players, but Mm-hmm. I mean, four, four, seven a.m. practices one week got old in a hurry, especially in the spring. It's good for deadline, though. Good for deadline. So we got some daily copy in print copy at that duck. Can't hate on the love of print back in the day. We were out there on on Wednesday and we watched those quarterbacks. And man, Quinn Ewers looks good. He's throwing it around really well, but couldn't believe how. Shorty looked compared to that freshman Arch Manning, who's listed at six four, but maybe taller. Doug, he might be. He's a strapping dude, and uh, I'm not gonna say he towers over Quinn Ewers, but it's, he's clearly taller. And Quinn Ewers is not short, so uh, the, 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 it's sad that Malik Murphy still has some kind of foot injury that is a new injury over the winter, and. Uh, we don't really know why, and uh, and Sark will tell us in 2024, uh, you know how Malik reheard it. But uh, it's a shame <laughs> for him that uh, he can't uh, compete for the backup job. And let's make sure clear: it's a backup job. Quinn Ewers will be the starting quarterback. You know, we you know we had Sark about it in I don't know November, December, maybe before the bowl game, and every spot's open for competition, but. But quarterback's not open, is it? No, it's not. And they don't want to play Arch Manning yet. They may have to eventually, but they don't want to start the season Arch. No. Uh As the starter, unproven, great pedigree, but unproven at this level. And they got to play one of them. They got to play one of them for that minimum four games. Or both of them, for that matter, to, to get some snaps for them, right? You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. And my hope is they blow some opponents out and get Arch some, some game time because, 
even freshmen uh, grow weary of sitting and you know he wants a little piece of the action. Mm-hmm. My question is, do you think they're going to be that good to where they're working people? There is no B. John Robinson on this team. There is no Roshan Johnson on this team. Those are That's arguably the best running back duo in the country. And so you're missing them both. And a lot's going to be on put on Quinn. And um, if he struggles, and he struggled at times with Bijan. So there's no reason to think he won't struggle a little bit at times. Everybody has a bad day at the office. The question is, are they going to be able to pick up the slack when he's not playing well? Well, they don't blow people out either. I no. mean, they blew out Oklahoma 49 to nothing. You know, one of the worst Oklahoma teams in 20 years. Uh, with new coach Brent Venables, but uh, you look back, and I guess they blew out Texas Tech once, and I don't know who it was, Louisiana maybe, but they don't blow people out. So, but still, you've got four free games for freshman quarterbacks to play, and still count it as a redshirt year. So you ought to definitely take advantage of that. So, uh, is this going to be a critical year? I mean, for all involved. Everybody. And, you know, Sark was a little feisty on Monday when he revealed the Xavier Worthy injury, you know, which, you know, we've, we've kind of already discussed that. I don't understand it. And I don't know what he was protecting or who he was protecting Xavier Worthy from by not revealing it. But I, I don't really think he did Xavier Worthy any favors by withholding that information to you. No, not at all. And, he had a broken bone in his hand. Um, those guys are – yeah, I'm sure those corners are going to be swiping at his hands, but he wants to throw it to a receiver with a broken hand. Well, it's like we were talking about it in practice today, he said. It's like what happened to the next man up mentality? You know, the next man up mentality all of a sudden became the it, the injured best man up, you know. And I guess the next man is not, not as good as Sark – has led us to believe, or the wide receiver depth for sure isn't as good. But I wouldn't play a guy who's 50%. Now, he didn't put a percentage on it. But we all know Xavier Worthy as a sophomore wasn't the same Xavier Worthy he was as a freshman. And uh, and I think in the, in the perception of the minds of fans and media, is Xavier Worthy wasn't the same player he was as a freshman. So do you think he did Xavier disservice? I don't know that he did. I'm gonna I will say this. It was all we had to go on. We didn't know he was hurt. He was running well. So it wasn't like he had a hitch in his giddy up. I don't recall him favoring his hand. And so I don't know. Um I, th- I think it might help Xavier's cause with the pro scouts that he played through a broken hand and he's tough. Uh, we they probably him. already knew. They probably yeah. already knew, didn't they? Why didn't they tell us? We talked to a couple of them last year. Well, pro scouts don't always tell us everything. They don't. They, they, don't. they know the code. They know no. the code. Uh, but I mean, out there on Wednesday, boy, he looks skinny. He's so skinny. Golly, he's skinny. And I'm not saying unhealthy skinny, but he But he, he didn't look like he's bit bulked up at all. Not any. Not any. No, Joshua all. Moore went through that same thing. They tried to get weight on Joshua Moore, and Joshua Moore just couldn't put any weight on. Maybe he's just one of those guys. I will say this. 
I know we, after his freshman year, we're like, man, that guy's going to be an NFL player. We know that he's a little slight, but we were like, he's going to be a, a player in the pros. But if you look in the pros, you don't see too many wideouts that look like him. Even no, the little guys are, 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 have got some muscle on them. I mean, uh, you think about, um, I am, you know, he's not in the league anymore. Antonio Brown was 5'10", but he was solid. He was a solid Steve Smith, the Hall of Famer. Solid, mm-hmm. solid muscle guy. Um, Xavier Worthy looks like he may be 160 pounds soaking wet. He looks a little uh, frail. Yeah, he, he looks really frail, is. and uh, he's tough. He's obviously tough. He played through yeah. a heart injury. Right. Uh, I, I wonder about durability with him moving forward at that size. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, but all things said and done, the wide receiver looks like a strong position with great depth. Now, Isaiah Nayor, the transfer from Wyoming, who, you know, blew out his knee before the season started and didn't play a snap, you know, he's – you know, I didn't even see him out there today. So I don't know that he was out there. I looked. And I, I, didn't, and I didn't see him Monday. I asked Sark after the press conference Monday, and he said he said he's limited. But, you know, so Xavier Worthy's got his issues going on. Uh, Isaiah Nayor still rehabbing, I guess, that knee. But, you know, some of these freshmen, Jonte Cook the second, he looks the part. And uh, A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from uh, – Georgia looks the part. And uh, then you got Jordan Whittington, slot receiver, extraordinaire coming back. So, you know, they've got some talent there at wide receiver. They just got to get them all healthy. They got to get them healthy. Uh, boy, JT Sanders looks good. The tight end. He does look good. Yeah. Gunner Helm. Gunner Helms. Juan and Davis. So, offensively, I think they're going to be okay, Doug. But the one thing, and I wrote, and I wrote about this. In today's paper, um, does he does Sark fall back into that trap of just putting way too much on Quinn yours? I mean, he he sometimes uh, put too much on yours with Bijan. What's going to happen when you don't have that nuclear weapon in the backfield? Are you are you are we going to be looking at fifty passes from Quinn yours in a football game? Uh, the air it out type. Uh, Offenses that we know uh, that Sark was part of in that throw-heavy era at BYU. You know, I don't think so because he's he's astute enough to know he needs some balance, uh, needs some balance to keep defenses honest, and and also uh, you need that play-action threat. You know, now no team in the country last year should have had more play-action threat viable than Texas with B. John Robinson was almost sixteen hundred yards and another three hundred plus as receivers. So and like like you said, I mean we were kind of pulling our hair out. Well I was pulling my hair out. Um, you know, TCU game, B. John gets twelve carries. That's unacceptable. I, I just don't understand. And then toward the end of the year, you remember the Bader game, Kansas State game where Bijan's running all over them. Kansas game and the biggest game of the year against TCU gets twelve carries and they don't have an offensive touchdown. They get JD Barron returns a fumble and uh, then he got a field goal and that was it. Otherwise, they could have beaten TCU because they were beatable that day. And uh, hopefully, you know, Sark has learned a little bit from that. But that's what, can- that's what I wrote. Twelve carries, thirty yards. That same game. Forty-four who who never played college football yeah. thirty-nine times that day. 
that's that's just not that's not good. That's not smart football. No, he's in Sark. I learned from that. Who's created Sark later on, maybe before the bowl game, lamented that he regretted not pounding B. John Robinson more. Hopefully those lessons, those hard lessons, uh, are have not been forgotten because there's going to come a time when Quinn Ewers might not have it. And this time you're going to have to hand it off to guys who are not B. John Robinson. And, how, and that right there, Doug, makes me worry about the 2023 Texas Longhorns because they don't have a proven qu- quantity at running back. And they have a they have a quarterback who was wildly erratic and inconsistent in his first season. I expect him to be better, but will it be to the tune of nine or ten wins? I'm not going I'm not ready to go there just yet. No, you can't crown them, that's for sure, because it's still still out there to be proven. Offensive line, we talked to Kristen Jones Wednesday, nice. and uh, the whole line's back intact. I don't know how many college football teams can say their whole offensive line comes back with a whole bunch of backups, you know. Uh, so, you know, they ought to be set up front. So, and Quinn's, you know, got a year of experience now. We talked about the receivers, talked about the tight ends. There's no reason why this offense can't score – you know, 35, 40. They you really say 35, Doug. There's no excuse. I mean, what are they lacking? You know, you mentioned the running game, but you got the whole offensive line back. You got a quarterback with a quick Was it release. a great offensive line? No, it wasn't, but it's it was – uh, experience. It'll be a, a pretty more- good offensive line that ought to be so much better in year two. You know, they've all been through the wars. And you got Jadon Blue, you got Jonathan Brooks, who's, you know, rehabbing a – off of hernia surgery, and you got uh, C.J. Cedric Baxter, whatever he wants to go by, you know, four, four or five-star, a guy out of Florida. So they got talent at running back. It's not you got the Alamo Bowl starter, Keelan Robinson. Well, you do and you don't. He, he's dealing with a strain and, and hadn't been practicing. So, this, but, I'm not talking about the fall. This is the spring. Oh, I know. And Keelan Robinson is not a feature back, though. We know Why that. Why did they start him? Why did he start him in the Alamo Bowl? Uh, you know, I guess it may have had something to do with Jonathan Brooks already having, you know, problems with that hernia. Didn't he get like three carries against Washington? Seven. Seven? I mean, it was, you know, and they abandoned the run, obviously. They were just, seemed like they were throwing on ever down in the Alamo Bowl. And that's, you saw what that got them. And Quinn so, played well. Quinn played he did, well. He did play well. Got a bunch of drops, three of them from Xavier, and uh, I think he had a couple of other drops. But, no, he played good. He wasn't the reason they lost that game. Mm. 31 of 47 for 369 and a touchdown. I, I, I like those stats. That I like were. those stats. But um, the, you, you mentioned the word balance. And the great Mac Brown. Yeah. And we have, we've had – some good times and some bad times with Mac. We love Mac, but he once said that balance isn't necessarily 50-50. No. He said balance is doing what you want to do whenever you want to do it. And that was I love that. I love that. I don't know that they're going to be able to do what they want to do whenever they want to do. until These running backs are going to have to come along, Doug. They are. Yeah, but the protection should be better. 
Can they run block better? Because uh, nothing like a a superstar running back to make a a pretty good offensive line look great in run blocking. But can they open up holes for guys who are not Bijan Robinson? That's the question. Well, I think part of the problem the last few years is, you know, third and one, you know, third and two. You got to get those short yardage, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. And you know, it always galls uh, us a little bit when they're in the shotgun on third, oh. and, third and one. Or oh, third and my soul and hurts me to. We can't do power football. Power football won't work. But uh, but like the balance, it's the ability to run when you want to run the ball when you have to run the ball. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think their offense will be fine. Yeah, and here's the thing, Doug. I did a little bit of research, and, uh, you know, I like to to crunch a little bit in numbers. Did you know that, you know, after the great Cedric Benson put up 1,000 yards in four consecutive seasons from 01 through 04, that only two running backs – after that and bef- between that time and before Bijan went back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, only two running backs topped 1,000 yards in the 16 seasons following said mm-hmm. Just two. So oh, it's Deontay Foreman not- went over 2,000. Who? Yeah. Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman and Jamal Charles are the only two mm-hmm. between in the 16 years – after said B and before Bijan, only two. So it's not like um, their thousand yard rushes have been falling out of the sky. And part of that is the is the evolution of the game to more of a pass heavy attack. Quarterbacks are, are, have been asked to do more. Um, the Cedric Benson era was a great era. Uh, you know, we had. Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown and then Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Uh, those guys, uh, teams still have those type of guys, but those guys, by and large, aren't all running for twelve to fifteen hundred yards. Those quarterbacks have taken more of the load, and so uh, it's not a lack of production by Texas running backs. It's just that the onus has become a pass more pass centric game in America. What you should also remember is I don't think Cedric Benson scored a touchdown against Oklahoma, you know, and and Why that was his, that up. Well, that was his nemesis. That's one reason they couldn't get over the hump, and that's why it took Mac Brown a while. Uh, was it year seven or eight when he won the national championships because he couldn't get past Oklahoma, you know, and uh, and also you know he didn't have a carry against Oklahoma his freshman year, uh, and that was another thing. You know, he, he got on the field for one play when Ivan Williams threw his shoe. And so he came in. And, and then the next week against Colorado, I think it may have been Colorado, it said Benson started the next week, and then it was off and running, you know, to be one of the all-time greats. At I always thought that Matt coached with great fear. Especially in that game. In I that game. Oklahoma. Too conservative. He just didn't want to make turnovers. And, and, and OU let it all hang out. And the 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 results showed, and those are some dark times um, with Texas teams that looked like they were good enough to compete for a national title, only to run into that Red River roadblock four straight years, and in and and a couple of those years giving up sixty burger. Uh, that's a lot. And then the the last the one the one that really got me was 
the twelve o, the twelve o loss to Oklahoma. I remember Tommy Harris telling me after that game, the great Oklahoma defensive tackle who knew he was going to the pros after that. I'm just glad I don't have to try and tackle Vince Young next season. He mm-hmm. saw it. He saw it, and Mac didn't turn VY loose in that game. Um, should have. Um, a friend of mine had the best line of his of his 50-year career when he said that offensive coordinator Greg Davis had more wrinkles in his khakis than he did <laughs> in his game plan. That's why you're Kirk Bowles. That's why you're going into the Daily Texan Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's lines like that. That's why. That's why you're able to last in this business. Though that 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 perfectly illustrated the frustrations of Longhorn Nation that day. Okay, before we move on to to basketball and maybe baseball, I have a question for you. Is Texas good enough to win the Big Twelve Championship next fall? Yes, yes. Will they? Will they? No, no. Probably not. Why not? I don't see it, Doc. I don't see it. I I think, and we're we're gonna save this for uh, another podcast. I think there are just too many questions on that defense. I'm I'm scared for that defense. Where's the edge rush? Uh, is Baron Sorrell a ten sack guy? He had five and a half. He had five and a half. You're losing. You're losing Cook and Jamison on the back end. I love me some some uh, Jade Baron. I, I like him. Um, a lot of question marks. They're built. They're built to win it, Doug. But the one thing I'll say, you know, and this is just me taking the field instead of Texas because um, I don't really know. I've we've got to look at these other teams coming in. Um, so many unknown, unproven quanti- quantities with these new schools coming in. Uh, OU's down, but I think Texas missed his opportunity. Um, they got a chance. I'm sure they'll they'll be t- picked second or third. Uh, some will pick them to win it. But until they do it, it's really hard for me to pick them. Well, two of the teams that played for the title game, you know, got hurt by losses. TCU just lost a ton, you know, including uh, Mad Max, the quarterback, a Heisman runner-up, and Quentin Johnson and Johnson. Kendra Miller, and you can go down the list. And then Kansas State, which won the championship. Deuce Vaughn's finally gone, you know. And uh, so the two uh, – Teams that played in the championship, you know, suffered some losses. And, you know, TC's going to have a new quarterback. Uh, I think Howard's pretty good at K-State. But Deuce Vaughn's, like B. John Robinson's, don't grow on trees. So, uh, you know, Texas Tech finished strong. Won three in a row, won a bowl game. Oklahoma was in the dumper. I mean, you know, barely qualified for a bowl game. So it's right there for Texas, and I don't think fans are interested in any excuses. You picking them, you know, because since you're since you're waving that burnt orange banner, are you picking the Longhorns to win the Big Twelve? Well, not uh, with the with the with the, with the option of changing your mind in September. Right now, on March 9th, two thousand and twenty-three, are you picking yeah. the Longhorns to win the Big Twelve? Yes, I am. I am. I, I'm predicting right now that you will change your mind. You are going <laughs> to change your mind because you know too much. You're going to change your mind. Uh, well, like I've always told you, when we cover the team like we do, we see all the strengths, but we also see all the weaknesses, all the warts, 
And sometimes we forget that other teams have those same warts, you know. And uh, from what they have coming back, I think, you know, with with 10 starters back on offense, including the quarterback, uh, and enough playmakers on defense, plus with, you know, freshmen coming in and you got two guys in the secondary, Wake Forest cornerback and Arkansas safety, uh, Ryan Watts is returning as a corner. He looks like he's about six eight. He looks like he, he gets bigger every day, and he's well. He just looks like an NFL cornerback, and he looks like so, you know they've got a lot of well, one or the other, one or the other for sure. So right now, in mid March, I say yeah, I will be Texas today to win the big on second thought. Doug, the madness is upon us almost kind of sort of i i i like the conference tournament highlights when somebody like fairly dickinson hits a three to it's an automatic bid that's the fun part now the, the big 12 tournament eh, this it's a great it's a great tournament and teams like uh, i would say west virginia it's a really important tournament for huggy bear in west virginia to try and sneak in there and get and get one of those bids. Um, I think last um, I checked, uh, uh, Joey Brackets had um seven teams from the Big Twelve mm-hmm. in, and I guess that's well, you name them, Duck. You're better than me. Texas, uh, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State, and, and, and yeah, so Baylor, TCU, and TCU, TCU was the one we missed. Yeah. Those are the seven with West Virginia right. on the outside looking in. And so, yeah, it could happen. It could happen. So who's your – hey, hey, we're we're a week before the selection show or actually, you know, like three days before the selection show. If you had to pick a national champion right this second, not knowing the draw or anything, who would you pick? Man, I don't even know, Duck. I – I can't pick the Longhorns because I, I know too much about them and it would be so easy to say Texas because I can follow up with some factoids because I've seen a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I really think they have Elite Eight talent, Final Four talent. Shout out to Rodney Terry, um, Sporting News Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year. Uh, I can't pick Kansas. I don't like them. I don't I didn't ask you who you can't pick. I I'm, said I'm going down the list of big I can't pick a team from the I think the Big 12 is gonna be in the final four. It's just I don't know who I, I you know what? Uh Purdue has young guards, but the big but the big boys doing work. Uh watched Gonzaga the other night. Not sold on Gonzaga. I don't know, maybe Virginia. Duck, I don't know. I don't. Right. I'll bust it down. I'll make it easy for you. Houston's going to win it all. No way. Yeah, they are. They got okay. guards. They've been in the uh, Final Four, been in the Elite Eight. The uh, Final Four is in Houston. It's all setting up perfect for them. That's why it's not going to happen. When it's all set up perfect. So give, give, just give me, pick me so we can look back. Pick me a winner. Like I said, there's no bracket out yet because we're still four days away. I'll go Virginia for now. 
But I know I'm gonna, yeah. I know I'm going to change. They're stuck. They, they 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 lost a couple games here lately. They're mm-hmm. t- Tony Bennett scoring. They're scoring the ball better. The ACC's weak. It's weak. It's a bad conference. But I like UCLA second. I think they're my two teams. I forgot about them. I'm taking off. I'm taking Virginia. I've been. I've seen four UCLA games. I can't believe I didn't. I didn't think about them. Tiger Campbell, Jaime Yaquez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like those. Go Bruin. My two I'll go teams. Bruin. I'll go Bruin. Yeah, I'll go Bruin. But do you do you agree with me that a Final Four, uh, Big Twelve team will be in the Final Four? I think one will be my my team again. Very prematurely is Kansas State. I kind of root for them. Jerome Tay, Marquise Noel, Keontae uh, Johnson. Uh, I like the way they play. They can score. They can light it up. They play with passion. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know, and they've dipped. Some in the second half of the Big 12, but I don't know. I just think Kansas' lack of size is going to catch up with them. I worry about Texas' Marcus Carr kind of fading down the stretch a little bit and having trouble rebounding at times. Uh, you know, Baylor, Baylor's going to be dangerous. Nah. They, got, they got Flagler and they got LJ Cryer and they got Bridges and dropping. They, I don't loaded that guard. They're loaded guard. I would say. If I had to bet my own money right now, I might put K State or Baylor in the Final Four. I don't believe in K State. They've they've slipped. Why? They've slipped over the last three weeks. It's a Big Twelve, dude. I know, I know, and they're battle tested. The question is, these Big Twelve teams beat each other up. Is there going to be anything left? True. It's big awesome. What's left of the card? The other, thing, the other thing I worry about Texas is winning on the road because they've lost their last four road games at Baylor. At TCU, at Texas Tech, at not a road. This is not a road game. These games are neutral side games. Not are a, they? Are yeah. they? Hey, the They're fans not. always root for the underdog. In Texas, I think it's going to be a two seed. I, I, I'd be shocked if they slip to a three. So they're going to be playing the fifteen, and then after they win that, they're going to be playing the seven or the ten. You know, so I don't know. It's, it's like. And they have bad halves. You know, they had bad halves against TCU. They had bad half in second half against Baylor. It's hard to trust them, man. It's hard to it trust is. them. It is. hard to trust them. They got talent. They don't have a ton of size. They can't dump it inside. Don't need it. Don't need, it. Don't need size. Don't. They don't? Oh, really? Okay. Don't need size. Well, yeah. you do if Marcus Carr's not hitting, and he's seven for 30 from three-point land the last five you games. You have negative stats. You just said you don't need size. Well, Marcus Carr, your best player, is is cold. He's in a slump right is now. Is he the best player on this team? It's his team. Is he the best player on this team? Uh, yes. Yes. Better than Jabari well, Rice. Well, I'll say yes. Right now, is he better than Jabari Rice? No, right. he he's has, not. He's Jabari not. Rice. Jabari Rice, I love. We both love. On both ends, Doug. On both ends of the court. You can make an argument. He should have been first team all Big 12 instead of Marcus Carr. But scarred for half the teams in America. You could. No question about it. He's that good. He's that good. And it's good having that kind of scoring threat come off the bench. And Tyrese Hunter playing so much better. Uh, Dylan DeSue may be the most improved man of the year. 
you know, he's scrapping Christian Bishop has fallen off. Timmy Allen has fallen off a little bit. I think Timmy uh, Allen's better with the braids than he is with the fro. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think, think we need to braids, tell, tell I want, I want to him. Lo- I want to see him locked up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, want, I want to see those braids. I want to see those braids for the tournament. I think he's better. So question, question, better off winning the Big 12 tournament or no. coming, coming home early is better? One one, get the hell out of there. Yeah. Win a game, then come home. Win a game, right. lose a game, come home. Fresh legs, flexing Sunday, get on that plane. Duck will be but- with you. But if you're gonna play in the finals, play to win. You know, if you're already playing in that well, game, you're already there, you gotta win. Oh. Yeah, um, I, I, I like, I like, a, I like a couple of games to keep the keep that blood flowing, and then you get to go to Birmingham with the horns. It's gonna be fun. Birmingham, Birmingham, What's wrong with Birmingham. <laughs> What's wrong with Birmingham? I'll scout it out uh, and see. I'll go Nick Saban happy hour. We'll, we'll just kind of. To the fat, so you got to get used to Birmingham. That's just where you're going to be next. Oh, uh, yeah, our new home. Oh, you're going to be in Birmingham. Uh, hey, hey, I was at baseball at the Dish. Texas scored seven runs. Seven runs got eleven hits in one game. In one game, so I know they were hitting two thirty-five, uh, which ranked two hundred forty. Ninth out of 295 Division One teams. That's up from 214 when I covered them. So they're on the they're on the upward arc. Well, they got 14 hits in the finale against Fullerton, but they left 12 on base. So need some better clutch hitting. Part of the problem is that there's so many new players on this team that that David Pierce is trying to find out who are his best players. You know, so he's got to try different combinations, different people. That makes sense. I asked him uh, Tuesday night. I said, "Was Jalen Flores your third baseman?" He said, "No, it's open." Peyton Powell is killing it. He can hit. You know, he's he hit. hitting over four hundred. Left-handed hitter, very selective at the plate, can go the opposite way. And it's it's nice to see somebody like that. Year four, he's a fourth-year junior. It's nice to see him get his chance. And uh, so, but they've they've got some stuff to find. They they're one game into their fourteen game homestand, and they need to kind of dominate and get their confidence and swagger back well, if they're going to do anything. I will say this, and and I know as of this taping, they was it was it Mercer Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Mercer, <laughs> what do you do? They they're a good team. Then, then they get the this weekend Friday a big three game set with the Manhattan Jaspers. Now, that's going to be an acid test of acid tests. And I'm not saying that they got to that they got to blow out the Manhattan Jaspers, but I am saying they better sweep the Manhattan Jaspers. I think, yeah, I think they're three I think they're like three eight. Three Manhattan eight. is I think ERA is like 7.60 and their batting average is 206. Just so, what the doctor ordered from the upper west side. Is that Manhattan? Time to fatten up the schedule. They're going to fatten up the schedule. They're going to spank up. Sam, Sammy Houston is not a bad program. That's a no, good program. No, it's a, it's a good program. David Pierce got a lot to do with that. That's a good baseball program. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mercer, don't know. Manhattan, not good. 
So yeah. they're, they're going to play some teams where that batting average should be creeping up to around 250, 260. Better. Big, big 12 play because they're going to feast on some really bad pitching. The question is, can they catch the ball? And can they quit giving up gopher balls? I mean, the Duplantier came in with the gas can. LBJ gave up has given up one. So that's what you have to ask yourself. Are they going to be able to pitch better? Um, because LBJ kind of got they they had their way with LBJ. Sam Houston did early in that game uh, after after he pitched so well against LSU. So which LBJ are we going to get? And the the question is. If they rattle off 10, uh, 10 and four in, in this 14 game homestand, what will it mean? Will it will it mean that they're really back or will it mean that they fattened up on some weak sheep in the pasture? Well, I think the second best thing after talent is confidence. You know, you got to have confidence if you're going to be a uh, a good team. You got to have some of that swagger. And uh, you mentioned defense. They only rank fifth in a nine-team Big Twelve conference uh, in uh, fielding percentage. So they, you know, they played uh, the younger Duplantier at shortstop. He had his first start Tuesday night. He had a couple of errors, you know, and uh, kind of got away from him. Uh, Mitch Daly is no Trey Faltini at shortstop or, or David Hamilton. But uh, you know he's starting to hit a little bit better. Get a bomb. Uh, so it's, Get a bomb. it's not it's it's not a great defense team. Ek is great in center, uh, and then Dylan Campbell is hitting one fifty four. And uh, come on, DC, come on, DC, number two in the batting lineup, and he's got to get himself straightened out before they big begin Big Twelve play against Texas Tech in two weeks. Before we get out of here, UT women's basketball won the Big Twelve. Yes, shout out. To Victor Schaefer, friend of the podcast. Yeah, coach of the year. Coach of the year in the Big 12 for getting it done. Um, how far will they go, Doug? Well, they need Sonia Morris back. Vic told me this week he didn't think she was going to be available to play at Kansas City. That's fine. That's a meaningless tournament. Well, it's fine if she plays next week, but it's not well, fine if they don't get her back the rest of the year. And I don't know if they're starting any to wonder. And I'm starting to wonder. Well, I think Vic is too, you know. So they're going to host the first two rounds. It's you know, a month, aren't we? It's been a month. Yeah, it's been, I think, seven games she's missed, I think. Not quite a month, but she's got a, I don't know, what is it, quad, I think. Quad, uh, but anyway, quad contusion. Yeah, they got to get her back because they just have so little depth at guard. And, uh, you know, Rory can get in foul trouble because she's such a great defender. Uh, Shaylee Gonzalez has improved a lot. Tater Jones is at the post has uh, really improved a lot. Deanna Gaston goes without saying. So, you know, I think they can get back to the Elite Eight. You know, they can definitely. Six years, six years in a row for Vic yeah. Schaefer. That's pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. That, that is, is pretty good. That's a nice little track record. So, but starting at home at the Moody. Center for a couple games. You'll be there. Uh, it's a great way to start and kind of build some momentum. Looking forward to that. Um, gonna be spring is just spring is busy. Spring is it's hectic. It's hectic. Yeah, it's hectic. Um, uh, Dale match play coming up. 
couple of weeks. The last one in at the Austin Country Club. Maybe not the last one in Austin, but the last one at the ACC. Probably is the last one in Austin. Those other country clubs don't don't stack up when it comes to the fan experience. Um, you know, and and they're great courses, but I yeah, I think this one was ideal. And I really hate that they couldn't come to a an agreement to keep it there. That easily yeah. for me, the most underrated event, big event, yeah, for city every year is that tournament because the big dogs from the PGA show up. And I know it's a football town, Doug, but and it's um and basketball is big. Man, that's fun. That was fun to see Tiger Woods being followed by three thousand people. Uh, to watch Phil Mickelson signing autographs, uh, to get for you to get blown off by Brooks Kepka because he had a bad round. Those are the those are the heartwarming memories that I will take with me when I think lovingly about the Dell. Hey, Austin has embraced that tournament the last seven years, and uh, I too am going to hate to see it go. You know, and I really I feel sorry for these young kids. She's eight-year-old kids or maybe 14-year-old kids that want to be the next Scotty Scheffler, you know, and they're watching their idols up close and, you know, want, want to go out and practice and emulate them. You never know where, you know, the next Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler is coming from. So I kind of hate that they're going to miss that opportunity moving forward. So uh, I don't but, think uh, you did. I don't know that you did enough to keep it here, Duck. Um, I had so much clout, right? <laughs> yeah, you so, did. You're Kurt Bowles. This is your <laughs> I'm not a member. Wow. You're not country clubbers. So, hey, I, I made it very obvious. I, I love the tournament, and I wish it didn't leave. But uh, it is what it is, and people wanted their course back. They didn't want to go a month without it. So uh, I guess they couldn't find any other place to play. So, uh, and, uh, you know, it's their club. They can do what they want. and uh, But at least we'll, like you said, we'll embrace the memories. We will always remember the Dale. We will cover it with passion, with tact, with love. And I'm expecting a Kirk Bowles love letter to the Dale, a thank you piece sometime in the next week or so. That's always something to look forward to. You did it for Omaha. It ran long, but it was really good. I really liked it. And your son read it aloud one time, and I hope he never does that again, Doug. Bringing up back. Bad, bad baggage here. So just close us out. Let's get on the basketball. Really bad baggage. Enjoy the hoops. We're This time next week, we're going to find a college basketball pundit to come in and break down the tournament. The brackets will be out by next Thursday, and we will have something nice for you, a big name that you're going to recognize. We always deliver on, on second thoughts. So, that's going to do it for episode 291 for the Ducks, Kirk Bowles. I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to One Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.